Amen. Amen. Wow. I don't know about you, but sometimes there are moments in, in our lives when we don't understand what God is doing. We're not sure. We don't know what he's up to. We don't understand why he does certain things in our life, but, but we can praise him through that because we, we, we're, not, we're not holding on to the things that he does that we don't understand. We are holding on to him who loves us, who never leaves us and never forsakes us. So I, I don't know if this was song was a blessing to you. It was definitely a blessing to me because we're going through some hard times, different, different hard times for different people. But we understand that we can hold on to the one and only who never changes. Right? Amen? Amen? Yeah. Because that's, that's, that's what we have. That's what we have. That is the thing, the thing that we can hold on to, the person of Jesus Christ that we can hold on to. You can have a seat. My name is Josh. I'm the lead pastor here at Downey First Christian Church. And if you're here for the first time, we are so glad that you've decided to spend this Sunday morning with us. Um, if you're here for the first time, we're not going to make you uncomfortable. I promise we're not going to make you stand up or say your name uh, or come up here on stage. We just want to recognize that we are so glad that you've decided to spend this Sunday morning with us. And we're going to ask you to do one thing and one thing only. I'm going to count to three. You're going to raise your hand and you're going to put it right back down. And all we're going to do is we're just going to go crazy in giving you a Downey First Christian Church welcome. So uh, even if you're uh, here for the first time, you're online watching us, uh, you're going to raise your hand. We're not going to see you, but if you're here for the first time, we want to welcome you. So if you're here for the first time, I'm going to count to three. One, two, three, please raise your hand. Put it right back down. Round of applause. If you're here online for the first time, so glad that you're here. So glad that you're here. Man. I don't know. I just, I feel blessed this morning. I just, I'm just so happy. So happy to be part of this church, part of this community. The fact that we can always pivot and change our plans as God uh, changes our circumstances. And I just love that. I'm going to do something this morning that we don't normally do uh, as a church. I just want to say we have so many people in our church that serve, that help. We had people here I think it was 4.30 in the morning, 5, 5 o'clock I think it was, 4.35, setting up this whole thing, this new sound system. Uh, super, super blessed with all the people. But I want, I want to recognize, we can clap for that, absolutely. Absolutely. I know we, we're not seeking recognition, but I want to do something. I, I just feel it in my heart to do this right now. There's one person in our church that I would, I would probably call him our, our number one servant in this church and he's he's been here i've seen him all week he's been working with all the people that have been building that building over there he was part he was he was leading up our b2b building campaign he was he's just been incredible through this whole time and i know he doesn't like recognition but i just i know he's had a hard week this week it's been a hard week for him especially and i just want to thank you jim for all of your hard work jim wilkinson I just want to say thank you. Like we, we watch you, we see you, and we thank you for everything that you do for our church. And uh, you're an example uh, to all of us. And so I just want to take that time to do that. Remind you that we got growth groups this week. We're launching growth groups this week. Super excited about them. And so if you want to sign up for a group, uh, go back to the table. You can go online, downyfirst.org, sign up for a group there. Um, our growth groups are also going to be reaching out to our church uh, to invite you. And so just... It's just a good, good, I feel just very encouraged this morning. I just feel super, super blessed. And uh, I want us to go to scripture as we do every Sunday. And uh, we're going to go through a few verses. And I'm going to talk this morning about the kingdom of God. About the kingdom 
of God. We don't talk about the kingdom of God a lot. It's kind of a mysterious topic, but it's such a beautiful, beautiful topic. And so I've titled this message, The Upside Down Kingdom, because we're part of a kingdom that is upside down. It's a strange kingdom. It's not a normal kingdom. It's a, it's a counterintuitive kingdom. And so I want to go through four uh, scriptures here real quick before we get started. Um, if you don't have a Bible, that's okay. I'm going to read through these. If you do, look up uh, Luke chapter 6, uh, verse 36. It says this. It says, this is Jesus talking. He says, Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Matthew 20, 16 says this. So the, the last will be first and the first will be last. Matthew 16, 25 says, For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. Matthew chapter 5, verse 39 says, If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn them the other cheek. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If, when you, if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. So we're on a series called, called Good News, and we're talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we've been talking about this whole idea of this bus ride. So there's this long bus ride that there's a lot of people on this bus ride, and it's a long bus ride, and it's an uncomfortable bus ride, and everyone's hot, and they're uncomfortable, and they're hungry, and they're thirsty, and this bus ride is just taking forever. But there's this one guy, we've talked about this every week, there's this one guy, and he's fine. Like he's happy, and he's just kind of talking to people and everything seems to be great and someone comes up to him wondering why is he so happy like aren't you cold aren't you uncomfortable aren't you hungry aren't you aren't you living the same circumstance that we're all living and he's like yeah I, I'm even more uncomfortable maybe because I'm standing everyone else is sitting you know but then he says something that is very interesting he says the reason why I'm happy isn't because I'm comfortable or because I'm uncomfortable the reason why I'm happy has nothing to do with how comfortable my chair is, has nothing to do with if there's AC or if there's not AC. The reason why I am happy and joyful is because I haven't seen my father in 20 years. And at the end of this bus ride, I'm going to be able to see him face to face. You see, in these last 20 years, I've been, this guy's talking, saying, I've, I've been talking to my dad, and we've been corresponding, we've been on the phone. Maybe that's true with you too. As a church, you see, we've been in contact with Jesus. We've been talking to Jesus. We've been praying. We've been listening to messages. We've been reading the Bible. And that's great. Those are glimpses of what is to come. Oh, but brothers and sisters, when this ride is over, finally, we're going to be able to meet our Father face to face. And so we've been talking about what the gospel is and what the gospel isn't. Because one of the mistakes that we can make is to believe that the gospel is about making this proverbial bus ride as comfortable as possible. And make no mistake, I want God to bless your life. I will pray for that. But that will never satisfy you. When we understand that what satisfies us, or when we understand that the reason why we're going through this life, there's a purpose at the end where we're going to meet our Father face to face, that will sustain you. And so we've been talking about the different things on this bus ride that will help us get through. And last week we talked about not of this world. We talked about the kingdom of God not being of this world. And today I'm going to talk about that this kingdom is not only not of this world, but it's actually kind of upside down. It's counterintuitive. So we'll talk about that a little bit today. Will you join me please in prayer? 
Lord God, we thank you so much. We thank you, Lord, because you're a good God. We thank you, Lord, because you're with us. We thank you, God, because we can trust you. We thank you, Lord, because, because we know that even if things go sideways, that at the end of the day, we will meet you face to face. Thank you, God, because in you we find hope. Thank you because in you we find a future. Thank you, Lord, because we can trust you. I pray, God, that our hearts will be open this morning to hear your word and to not just allow for it to, to enter our ears, but allow for our hearts to be able to, to allow for the word to transform us from the inside out. So we pray this and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. And all those people said, amen. amen, amen. I know you guys are cold, but let's just try to get through this. Let's try to listen. I know everyone's kind of like, oh, I wonder how, how long the sermon's going to be. I'll make it as short as possible, okay? As short as possible. So I want to start off with a question. Um, have you ever thought that something is going to be one way and it ends up being completely the opposite? Like a relationship. Hey, I think this guy is going to be just a great person and you meet him and he's kind of a jerk. Or like uh, you go to a place and you think it's going to be a great place or a restaurant and the restaurant is terrible. Or you thought the restaurant was going to be great and, you know, or you thought it was going to be terrible and it ended up being great. So I am directionally challenged. Like I have this problem. Like I don't know, hardly know left from right. It's really hard for me. Like Waze is my best friend. If I didn't have Waze, I don't know what I would do. So my wife used to be my GPS, but now I actually trust Waze more than I trust my wife. Don't tell her that. But did specific, when we're being specific as to directions, I'm going to be honest in saying that I don't trust her as much as I trust my GPS. Now, that can be difficult to understand, but honestly, like, my, my, my sense of direction is so bad that I can be in, inside, a, uh, inside of a mall and I'll be going that direction. I'll walk into the store, look at something, I'll go out and I'm like, wait a minute, where was I going? And don't even get me started on parking spaces. Like, I never remember. Like, I never, like, not like sometimes, I, I never remember. So I'm always depending on my wife to be able to find my car. Now, my dad is completely different. I'm, I'm excited because I'm, I'm going to be able to see my dad here uh, in, a, in a couple of days. I haven't seen him in a long time. Super excited about that. One of the things about my dad is he, he, knows, like, he knows where things are. And he doesn't need a GPS. He's, he's old school. He knows where the sun comes out. He knows where north and south is. I don't know anything. He's like, gets like a general idea of like, I think it's kind of that way. So he'll know what freeways to take. It's amazing. I'm so bad that my wife will say, just go counterintuitive. Like if, if you think it's left, you know it's going to be right. <laughs> the problem is it's, it, it actually works. That's how bad my intuition is. And so the reason why I bring that up is, is that is that sometimes that's the way life is. We think something is going to be a certain way and it ends up being completely the opposite. Now the reason why I bring that up is because the same thing can be true in our Christian walk. You see, in our Christian walk, we can, we can assume that the Christian walk is a certain way. Like we think it's intuitive. Like we, it makes sense for things to work in a certain way. But when we look at the scripture, we realize that the kingdom of God... The kingdom that Jesus ushers in is an upside down kingdom. I heard someone say that once. It's such a perfect way to put it. It's upside down. It's an upside down kingdom where you die to live. It's an upside down kingdom where you give to receive. It's an upside down kingdom where the first will be last. It's an upside down kingdom. And we see this from the very beginning of Jesus's life on earth. You see, the Jewish community, they were expecting a Messiah that would save them from the Roman rule. 
And so when the, the prophets would talk about this Messiah that was to come, they were picturing a Moses. They were picturing a Moses that came in to Egypt and, and rescued them from slavery from Egypt. And so when they thought about this Messiah that was to come, they're like, we're under Roman rule. And so there's going to be this king that's going to come and he's going to save us from uh, Rome. However, Jesus shows up because their, their, their image of, of the way that they were going to be saved was very earthy. Does that make sense? Like it was earthy. Like they understood it in a very earthy way. And then Jesus shows up on the scene, a king with no palace, a king where, who had nowhere to lay his head, a king without riches, a king who had followers that were ordinary people, a king who was generous and thinking of others, a king who was open, a king who was humble. This was a different type of king. This was a king that, that, that wasn't born in a palace. He was born in a manger. This was a king that... that, that the way that he lived his life was a life of service and not a life of being served. This is a king that, that died not like a king. He's a, he's a king that died like a criminal. It, what a strange kingdom. What a strange type of king. What an upside down kingdom. What an upside down king. This king who had a cross for a throne. This king who had thorns for a crown. This king who had a spear on his side instead of a scepter in his hand. What a strange king. What a strange kingdom. What an upside-down kingdom this is. A king while on the cross, in the moment where he could have taken all of the glory, hangs there humiliated, people walking by, not understanding what had just happened. Matthew 27, 42 says, He saved others, looking up at the cross. He saved others, he said, but he can't save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross and we'll believe him. Ever felt that that would have been a proper ending to the Jesus story? Like if I was a, if I was a Hollywood producer, right, I would say that's the moment. That's the big moment. He's on the cross. Everyone's mocking him. That's the moment when he takes his throne, he slaughters everyone, and he shows them who's who. But what happened? He goes silently like a lamb. Ask God to forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing, and breathes his last. Having the ability to take up power, he gave it up. You see, this is so opposite of what anyone was expecting. It's so upside down, because a traditional king, of course, would have saved himself. This kingdom seemed upside down. Not a traditional kingdom. Not a traditional king this all seemed backwards however 2,000 years later we're still talking about it you see Isaiah says in Isaiah 9 7 he says something that was impossible see Isaiah made an impossible prediction he said this kingdom would last forever he said this kingdom would never end and if you go back in history, you realize that every, every superpower in history has claimed the same thing. You realize that this kingdoms of, of Israel that was 80 years of glory, the Egypt, Rome, the Mongols, they were all like, hey, we're going to last forever. Nope. Didn't work. But guess what? 2,000 years later, we're still talking about this kingdom of heaven. Kingdom of heaven is here. See, this is the only kingdom that has stood the test of time. The prophecy came true, but in a weird way. 
It's an upside down way. It's not a traditional way. So this kingdom is here. Continued. And this kingdom is not dependent on territory. Right? It's not dependent on conquest. It's not dependent on policies. It's not dependent on wealth. It's not dependent on violence. It's an upside down kingdom. You see, the error that everyone was in when Jesus came is that they believed that this would be a kingdom that they could understand. It's talking about a kingdom, right? It's a kingdom. It's a king, right? We understand what a king is. We understand what a kingdom is. So this is what the kingdom is going to be. They thought it was going to be a kingdom they could fathom. They could, they could see the leader. They could, they could have a physical location that they could see with their eyes that would last for a certain time frame. So hard to define. You know, Jesus himself would try to define the kingdom of heaven. And have you ever noticed that when Jesus would def define the kingdom of heaven, he never, he never said, the kingdom of heaven is this. No. He would say, the kingdom of heaven is, is like a lost coin. The kingdom of heaven is, is like a lost son. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. And he would say, the kingdom of heaven is like, the kingdom of heaven is like, the kingdom of heaven is like. Have you ever tried to describe something that you have no words to describe? That's what Jesus was trying to do. You see, there's nothing that we can compare the kingdom of heaven to. In fact, it is so interesting how Jesus answers the Pharisees when they wanted to know when the kingdom of heaven was coming. Like, I think that's a good question. Like, hey, when's the kingdom of heaven coming? And Jesus answers an amazing answer to the, to the Pharisees. He says this, because maybe you have the same question. Luke chapter 17 says this. Once, on being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of, of, of God would come, it's a legitimate question, Jesus replied, the coming of, listen to this, the coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed. I love the translation that says the kingdom of God is not something that can be submitted to calculations. Nor will people say, here it is, or there it is, because the kingdom of God, listen to this, is in your midst. How's that for an answer? Hey, Jesus, when will the kingdom come? Well, it's not like it's going to happen. It's kind of, it's kind of like, like you can't really observe it. You can't really see it. And, and when it does, it's not like you'll be able to see, oh, look, there it is. Right? It's actually kind of here now. It's in your midst. It's at hand. You can reach it now. You can live it now. Listen, maybe, maybe you've been waiting for something. Maybe I've been waiting for something that has been available already. In fact, you can actually pray for it. You can pray for the kingdom to come. Matthew 6, 10 says, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So there's this will. There's these principles. There's this action that operate in the kingdom. So we can pray for those things to take place here and now. In fact, we can have a glimpse we, we get glimpses of the kingdom of heaven. Have you noticed that? You get glimpses of it every now and then. It's what Jesus did when he was performing the miracles. You see, when he rose Lazarus from the dead, it was not just a resurrection, but a glimpse of what was to come. Okay, so here's the thing. There's going to come a day when everything's going to be great, right? Kingdom of heaven will be established. But we, we get those glimpses when Jesus um, healed the blind. He didn't just heal the blind guy. He gave people a glimpse 
of what was to come. When he turned the loaves and the fish and he multiplied them, he wasn't just doing a miracle, but he was giving a glimpse of what is to come. Same with his kindness and his generosity. What he was doing was, he says, like, here's a little taste of what it is. And we can do the same. You and I can do the same thing. Because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's, it's, it's in our midst. You can, you can grab it. You can pray for it. You can sort of activate it in a way when you do the things that Jesus did. We can pray for it. Is this kind of what we're called to do as ambassadors of the kingdom? Is, is in a way, in a way, is, is, to, is to unite heaven and earth. You see, one would have assumed that Jesus would have given them a time frame. Right? Just wait. Like in a year, the kingdom of God will, will be here. But like we said last week, the kingdom is not, is just not, not just not of this world. But also, it is, it is here now. Like we can access it now. You can live it now. You can activate it now. You can interact with it. You see, it's what Jesus brings. This is what Jesus brings. The problem is it's so counterintuitive. That's why the kingdom of God seems upside down. You see, when Jesus is establishing the kingdom and he's explaining it and he's, and he's teaching people how to live, he goes over and over saying, you have heard it said, but I tell you. You have heard it said, but I tell you. Over and over again on the Sermon on the Mount, he says, he says turn the other cheek. Wait, what? Yes. If someone asks you to walk one mile, walk two. If someone asks you for the coat, give him also your cloak. If, he, if you, know, you die to live, you give to receive. First will be last. You see, when we live like this, so our invitation is to live like this. When we live like this, we bring the kingdom of heaven to earth, is what we're doing. So, so guess what you're doing, or guess what I'm doing when you pray for someone? Yes, you're praying for that person, but you're also bringing a glimpse of the kingdom of heaven to earth. When you answer kindly, yes, you're answering kindly, but you're also giving a glimpse of, 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 of what is to come. When you're generous, when you think of others first, when you serve, hey, when you serve someone, Great, you're serving a person. That's awesome. But you're also giving them a taste of the kingdom of heaven. You're bringing the kingdom of heaven into the world, which is what we're called to do. You see, the kingdom is not of this world. Jesus' kingdom is not of this world. But it's here also. It's in our midst. It's at hand. We can access it. We can pray for it. We can activate it. You see, there's going to come a day... There's going to come a day when the kingdom will be fully established. We know that. We know that. Revelation 21.4. This is for somebody here this morning. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things will have passed away. You see, until that day, we're called to live this counterintuitive life. We're here to, to serve a king who's not a traditional king, who is from a kingdom that is not a traditional kingdom. It's an upside-down kingdom where you give to receive, you die to live, where the first will be last, where you turn the other cheek. And here's what, here's what will happen. People will notice that we're living differently. And they'll know something's up. Because it doesn't make sense. That's why the early church was so strange. Like, why would they do that? Like, what's in it for them? Well, 
We're from a different kingdom. It's a different king, different rules. Not an earthy kingdom, it's a heavenly kingdom. It operates in a different way. So when we do these things, we're, we're, we're helping people, we're serving, we're doing all these things, but we're also giving a glimpse of the kingdom of heaven on earth. And so, so this leads me to, um, to our time of communion now. And we're going we're gonna to have our communion right now, and you have your, your, your juice and your, uh, your bread. And so um, this represents the death of Jesus, what we have in our hands. We've got the, the juice that represents the blood of Jesus, and we've got the, the bread that represents um, his flesh, his, his body that was given for us. And what we're remembering here is a moment in the life of Jesus where apparently was the biggest contradiction in his whole ministry. This is where it became the most upside down. It's the most anticlimactic moment in, in, the, in the ministry of Jesus. This was the moment where this, this person who claimed to be king, this, from many perspectives, this charlatan, this failed leader, failed completely on the cross as he dies like a common criminal. Everyone left him. He was by himself. But do you know why we're talking about him still 2,000 years later? Because on the third day he rose. You see, on the third day he rose. If he hadn't risen from the dead, he would have just been one more who claimed to be the Messiah that was put to death. But when we think about Jesus' death, on the cross and his resurrection this is also an invitation for you and me you see we're invited to follow Jesus in his death and in his resurrection Matthew 16 25 says this for whoever wants to save their life will lose it but whoever loses their life for me will find it you see in this upside down kingdom we're actually called to save our lives but we don't save our lives by saving our lives. We save our lives when we lose our lives. Like Jesus did. But then as we lose our lives, we save them. Because just like Jesus rose from the dead, we also raise up into a new life. You see, when you die to your pride, you raise up into a life of freedom. When you die to your ambition, you raise up into your true calling. When you die to your goals, you raise up to a life of purpose. When you die to your dreams, you, you raise up into God's dream for you. When you die to your ego, you, you raise up into a life of forgiveness. You see, this is the essence of the kingdom of God. It's counterintuitive. So we lose our life but then we'd raise up into the life that we were called to live in. And that's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus did. So if I were to summarize what it means to live in the kingdom of God, to live this life, it's death. You die to yourself. You die to the things that you want. You die, but, you, but then you raise up to the life that you were called to live. It's like, a, it's like a cocoon and then a butterfly. That's what life with Christ is supposed to be. 
So what I want to do now is I want us to, to just take a moment. We're going to take a, a couple of minutes here um, just to think about what we heard. We think about what we heard and in your own time. You'll take the bread and you'll take the juice. And let this be a reminder of what we've heard today, this death and resurrection that we're called to live in, this counterintuitive kingdom, this upside-down kingdom, this upside-down king, and this upside-down life that we're called to live.